everybody, Campbell Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 145 of Justified Pursuit. Riding shotgun, as always, good counselor Chisholm Cook. I don't see your uh, ranger pom-poms. That's okay, though. <laughs> Did you check the box score this morning? Because we know you didn't watch Game 7. Yeah, I did. <laughs> sure did. I was uh, hoping you would do your normal ask me how things were before you just decided to go right to it. But that's fine. Let's get uh, to it. Uh, it. As to how I'm doing, it's raining uh, over the Guadalupe River Basin and the it's raining, uh, it's raining Edwards, in Houston, Edwards Aquifer. Yeah. So that's nice. Uh, raining home runs. I have a battle to fight, which is uh, fun. So that's all good. Um, as Wait, for battle, baseball, what, what you know about what the, the awesome you know what the awesome thing about being me is? Oh, is this the part where you said we already won two World Series? Blah 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 blah. I'll die happy. Blah blah blah. I'm living in today, buddy. I'm living in 2023. I know, but I'm living in the present. You know what's You're living awesome in the past. You know what's awesome about still technically for at least what ten more days? We're the world weeks, champions. Being the defending World mm. Series champions is. Is that I didn't wake up and care one bit this morning. Life's going to go on. I'm going to fight the, the battle in front of me. You know what the awesome? You the are the second, epitome of the laissez-faire baseball. Let me tell you the second game. awesome thing about being me this morning. I've shared before that growing up, I was a fan of the Astros and the Rangers uh -huh. because, first of all, they were in two different leagues. Second Dude. of all, I'm a Texan. Third of all, I'm a South Texan, so I'm neither a Houstonian nor a Dallasite. Or Ar mm -hmm. technically, I guess it would be Arlingtonite because it's not the Dallas or Fort Worth or it's the Arlington Rangers is what we should call them. Uh, and so I used to watch Nolan at nights. Um, specifically, I remember very clearly in like fourth grade watching Nolan late into the night. Um, so while I have said since they uh, somewhat unfortunately moved the Strohs into the AL, specifically AL West. That when the my my when the Texas teams are pitted against each other, obviously my team is the Strohs, as it has been since my earliest, very earliest recollections. I don't hate the Rangers like you have hate in your heart for the Astros, which by the way, you should go to Jesus with that. Mm -hmm. Why don't you try a little Jesus? How, how's that mm -hmm. song go? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why don't you well anyway, let me let me get back to that song. Um <laughs> so that means if two weeks from now the Texas Rangers are your World Series champions, I'll celebrate mm. with you. Yeah, see, that doesn't work for me. I know it doesn't and work I, for you because you're a hater. Hater. I was hater. an Astros fan as a kid hater. because my grandfather lived in Houston and right, took me and then you became a hater. When you are in my division, you are the enemy. Die, Astros, die. If you're not burn, playing. baby, burn. I do not care. It's the same thing as the Spurs. Die, Spurs. Die. I don't care. I hate the Spurs. I, know. I hate you. Because you have hatred Rockets in your heart. die. Take die. it to God. Dude, it's the same thing. Oh, Take you, it oh. to God. Oh, I know how you feel in your heart about Are the Giants. Are you going to mock my faith? You're going to mock my you're gonna, gonna mock skins. I don't give a damn about any of that, dude. Oh, that's right. Because laissez-faire, sports fans. There was a time in my care. life. That's the point dude. of it. Doesn't dude. care. Why would I? I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm actually not. Would joking. you cheer for AM to if they were playing in the national championship? Because I sure as hell would not. Sorry, Aggies. At this point in my life, dude, honestly, um, and that's. But I will say that's a very recent turn. I cheer for them. 
I certainly don't hate. I, I just I just refuse to hate. I didn't. It wasn't very long ago. It's you would. Hey, it's called being a sports fan. It has nothing to do with hate. You. The, the point is, you don't really care about sports, so it doesn't bother you anymore that you have let that go in your life. It is not important to you. It is important to me, and I hate my enemies. But you just, just said like, it's not about the hate. You just said it's. Is it about hate or not? It, it, you can use that's hate as be, dislike, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't uh, matter. Okay. If Mickey's listening, Mickey hates the Packers. He's a Bears fan. That's that's the way the world works. If you were actually a sports fan, you would never cheer for your rivals. Like I, people are commenting on my Instagram post, me and Henry last night with Adolis in the background, and we're both flexing. It's awesome. I give credit to those people that are like, okay, we'll go Rangers, keep it Texas. That's not me. It never has been, and it never will be. I will not till the day I die. I will not be cheering for my division rivals in any sport ever. Or if you're UT or AM and I'm a Baylor fan, I'm never cheering for you. I hope you lose every game. I don't cheer for Oklahoma ever. But guess what? When the Red River shootout happens, woo, boomer sooner. Die, UT, die. That's just the way it is. And that's the way it will always be. And I feel that, uh, there it is. You just put on his Astros cap. It's good. It's good that you can still do that because I will tell you this. You mean it's good that I can still support a team that just lost its seventh straight appearance in the ALCS? I wish that you'd lost seven in a row. Actually, you did win two World Series, one with an asterisk, but you didn't lose all seven, unfortunately. It just lost in the ALCS in their seventh appearance in a row. Let me be more precise. And lost all four home games. That's so awesome, too. So awesome. Yeah, I think that that you can, I think that cuts both ways. If I'm not mistaken, we stormed up there and took three straight. So let's simmer down now. Simmer down now. Yeah. Anyway. As uh, I said, I hope the Rangers win. I hope that people email in. If you're a real sports fan, do you would you ever cheer for your division rival? Why the would I stop no. cheering for him just because they changed the alignments, dude? That's dumb. Because you're it's like saying, well, what if uh you know I don't know, the Cowboys were playing the Redskins and but oh now the Redskins are in the NFC. I don't I no longer dislike the Redskins. No, I dislike the Redskins. Sorry, Washington football team. Sorry, Washington Commanders. Okay, dude. Being a fan of a team does not require hating other teams. Mm. Doesn't require it. This is not this is not Chisholm from ten years ago. It was like I agree, it's not the Eagles and the Giants and the You're Redskins. right. I've grown out of it. Not because I'm just not a sports fan anymore, but because there's no room. You don't watch the games I, or invest yourself dude, into it, so there is probably I'm, no room for that in your like. I yeah, am don't care. I am admittedly different. I am admittedly antagonizing you, but I am also being very sincere when I say that holding that type of hostility to any group of humans or specific laundry is not good for your soul, and it's not godly, man. It's not about God. It's about sports. God is not. Everything is about God, and it should be. Watching sports has nothing to do with religion. It's just this is the team that I like. These are the teams that I don't like because that's our enemy. When you watch the way that the city of brotherly love behaves when one of their hated I don't behave like that. You can't compare me. They're horrible. They're the worst fans on the planet, and we might be playing the Phillies next week. Yep. But That's what hatred does. (laughs) <laughs> okay dislike whatever i don't act on it so is that really hate no it's just i don't like them i never will 
when I say die, 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 I don't mean it. It's just, you know, burn in hell. I don't care. I don't mean that. I'm joking. Uh, what a glorious day, though. And here, But here's the thing. If the Rangers would have lost that game, I would have, this hat would be in the trash can. I wouldn't be wearing it. I wouldn't be like, yay, we're so, we made it to the ALCS. I'd be like in the depths of despair to get so close and come up short at the end of the day. But hey, you can hang your hat on it because you're the defending champions. Woohoo. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I, I, just, I am. I didn't want to play the Astros. I wanted to play the Twins. I'm not going to lie. Let me, let me the tell twins you. weren't as good as the Astros, but at the end of the day, the other part of me was like, well, to be the if champs, you're going to be the champions, you should champs. go through the. That's right. Yeah. Uh -huh. You took the most. You If you guys win it all, then you can definitively say that in 2023, the Texas Rangers are the best team in baseball. You take down the defending champs. You take down whoever wins the National League. Best team in baseball. Mm. Mm. I mean, you know, in theory, that should always be the case if you win the World Series. But, you know, like you said, you want to be the champs, you got to beat the champs. I, I, I don't so, disagree. I wish you all but well. The let me tell you, let me tell you legitimately, dude, you know, I, you know, all joking aside, that I do doesn't I don't have to watch every pitch or frankly any pitches to care about whether the Astros are doing good or not right my my lukewarm fandom as you would call it still runs deep um if not just like overwhelming with emotion but I I went to bed sort of early last night I was probably asleep by like 9 30 and I had I was a, text at a baseball you. game I was literally at Henry's baseball game which started at eight o'clock watching him play baseball and then watching the game on my phone. So I happened to wake so up baseball right about 11, 11 something and had to pee. And I got, I, I just happened to bump my phone and see, I had oh, a text hang, from, could you hang on one sec? Sorry. Uh, oh, Adolis just hit another home run. My bad. Okay. Continue. <laughs> I see that cable has texted me at night at 10 30 at night. Uh, I had checked the score before going to sleep and knew things were not looking up. It was eight. I didn't say anything about the game. I didn't gloat. I know you didn't. I know I'm, you a, didn't. I'm a classy individual. Eight to two. I win with class. I lose in the with fourth, I think, when I went to bed. And I thought, when I saw you had texted, I was like, you know, I, I, I gave it, it was a coin flip. I said, he's either texted me about the game, uh, which would, one way or another, or maybe he just to kind of double down on his silly claim about being super classy that you maybe just were texting about timing out this call. But my point is I just went back to sleep. I didn't check the score. I didn't read your text. I was like, I'll see in the morning what happened. Come what may. Hmm. And I woke up and I looked and I was like, yep, sure enough, we lost. And somebody else who listens to our show. Hey, Tom, love you. Love you, brother. Uh, pointed it out. Boy, I can't wait to hear. I feel so bad for you having to put up with whatever Cable brings after this. <laughs> after, but the way I found out was Tom's text to me saying that Cable is going to be all over your ass, and, and then I was like, "No, it's going to make great radio, or whatever." Podcast. I wouldn't have given you the pleasure. I would have done a total layout. I just you would have been talking about it. I just would have. Well, I already had. I already had, and this is probably where I screwed up. I jinxed <laughs> the team in the cosmic dance of this, you know, this idea that, you know, if you wear your hat the wrong way, you can jinx your team or whatever. You can. I had already you told, can. I had already told another friend of mine, Chad, who has weighed in on our debates that if we pull this off after climbing back to three, two, I know what you're going to do. You're going to pretend like we're not talking about it. And I'm simply going to say, cable, I think we have to talk about it. 
We have, we have to talk about it, buddy. Come on, we have to talk about it. So, unfortunately, you have the upper hand. So, so we on Friday after congratulations to you. What do they call them? Tiny Rangers, Little Rangers? No, that's Altuve. Your tiny Texas Rangers. Tiny. No, no, no. The ticket calls them the little. I don't the know. Little Rangers. Yeah, the Little Rangers. I did see a picture of Marcus Simeon uh, consoling a shirt. Who does he play for? Uh, Jose Altuve after the game. It was Simeon was holding. It was actually his son, but you know Altuve's a midget, and so it looks like it was holding Altuve. <laughs> Cute. I, I was about to say hate again. I really dislike Jose Altuve. God, how does a midget hit so many home runs? How do you? Di- I thought you have admitted before you like. How do you? How does anybody dislike Jose Altuve? We've already discussed like the whole shirt microphone cheating thing. Like I don't like him or respect him but man he's a damn good baseball player when he goes yeah. into the hall of fame unlike craig biggio he'll actually deserve it craig biggio is in the hall of fame i just said when he goes in he will deserve it unlike craig biggio who's the oh. most average player ever put into the hall of fame jose altuve is two home runs away from the all-time major league record in uh postseason home runs he had another one in garbage time last night Five six. How does he hit the ball onto the ballpark? I don't understand. It's like a mar- it's a marvel and like a long way. I mean, he hits bombs, dude. Not just ball, it was in garbage time, but like no. you know, it was in like the seventh inning. You're down by six or seven runs, but he generates so much night, power out of that compact little buddy. It's incredible. Yeah. <sighs> I feel you know who was I was telling Henry this the other day. I was thirty years old. I had to wait thirty years for the Rangers to go to the World Series the first time. I'm 42 now. I was like, dude, you're so lucky. At 10 years old, your team is in the World Series. Spoiled. But when we were kids, the Cowboys won through three Super Bowls. That's right. And it, I don't think they'll ever win another one. <laughs> yeah. Not until they get a new general manager. Actually, you know, Die it used Jerry to be Dye. the GM. That's not the problem anymore. It used to be that Jerry was the GM, and that was the problem because his – you know, but approach so, the talent. Was we would both ridiculous. agree, though. They have talent. That roster is full of talent. They've drafted well. They have a. That's what I'm saying. He has legitimately between he and I think Stephen probably has a lot to do with reining in his dad's worst impulses. Mm-hmm. But now the old man has to move on because he creates that culture of the country club culture, right? Where dollars are more important than wins, right? Exactly. That's the ultimately, yeah. Here's all the talent, but just remember like, when we they still when, like the they, brand of the Cowboys more than we like winning. Remember when they gave Jalen Smith a forty million dollar contract after one good season, right? Uh, a few years ago, yeah. Jalen Smith, the linebacker that they drafted out of Notre Dame with a bum knee, right? And then he turned into—I don't even think he's playing football anymore. No, he he talked he about the Cowboys. He went to the Packers and they cut him after two games. Right. So he had a phenomenal season as a second-year player that year where they drafted Leighton Van Der Esch and you know they had that mm-hmm. what they call him. Excuse me. Um, they were calling the defense had a nickname hot, the hot, the hot boys, the hot boys, hot boys. Yeah. yeah, the hot boys season. So he has one great season and he getting, they hand him a $40 million contract, which first and foremost is the problem, right? You get, we, we didn't have to, he was like two years away, I think from the end of his rookie deal, haul off, yeah. give him 40 million bucks, right? It's like more power to him. Of course he signed it. Right. But during the press conference, he explained how his life goal is to take this money and make money with it. And the beautiful thing about being a cowboy is that at the star, their freaking training facilities, 
they let other people with money come hang out in the club area where deal flow, deal flow being a busy business buzzy word, right? Deal flow is just nonstop, meaning if you got cash, there's hotshot, you know, developers and, you know, wheeling and dealing going on. And so the deal flow is so strong here. I know I'm going to turn this $40 million into $100 million. I could have played one or two more seasons and gone out on the fair on the free market. And if he had duplicated that type of success, maybe he'd have made 80. But it's okay. I'm going to take my 40 now because my goal is when I retired to have even more money thanks to the deal flow in the Cowboys. That, while I respect and appreciate as an American and a capitalist, it's like it's kind of a double-edged sword because I think it's cool that Jerry takes such good care of the players. Nobody that's ever played with him will say that he doesn't love them and give them way more chances than they deserve and mm-hmm. set them up financially and introduce them yeah, to other fat cat billionaires is, and all of uh, these things. loyal to a fault sometimes. Loyal like to a fault. business... Should come right. first, and he's like, uh, "But I drafted you, and now I feel this loyalty to you, and yeah. it's such a cool story that you're here." You, blah right. blah blah. I'm. I would. I would love to know, but I would be willing to bet that Bob Kraft and uh, Bill Belichick do oh, not too. have a lounge at the Foxborough training facility where guys get to get schmoozed and enter into. Like, it's probably like, "Hey, I might send an email for you and tee you up with so and so." on the other side of town who has this project, but we're not going to facilitate it where you practice. Hmm. When you walk into the star, it should be all football all the time. So I have a great point on this, uh, but I just watched this Netflix mini documentary on David Beckham. It's called Beckham. I've heard about it. If you like soccer, it's wonderful. If you, it's actually a great story, just like him and his wife and the, being under the microscope of the media and paparazzi nonstop, blah, blah, blah. But his, the, the legendary coach of uh, Manchester United, Sir Alex Ferguson, had known David Beckham since he was 15, 14 or 15 years old in the deve- developmental ranks of Man U's program. When he sold David Beckham to Real Madrid, I mean, like Beckham, all he knew was Manchester United. He never thought he'd leave there. Like, Ferguson had known this kid since he was 15 years old. Even today, in talking about it, where they're interviewing him, he's like, yeah, you just, you know, yeah, I knew him. He's a good kid. But at the end of the day, it's about football. And you have to cut ties. Like, he was no longer what I wanted in a football player. And so I sold him. Like, just totally coarse. Even today in his late 70s. Couldn't give it, like, David Beckham's over here on the other side. because They're going back and forth on the interview. They're not in the same room. They're interviewing him separately. And he's like emotional about it. Sir Alex Ferguson was like a father to me, blah, blah, blah. Alex Ferguson's over there like, yeah, screw him. He, he no longer was fitting what I wanted on the field. So bye. Like that's the way Bill Belichick looks at players. He doesn't care. Oh, dude. I mean, look, the the, the only business guy that they business. were ever loyal to was Brady, but that's because he's the GOAT, mm. right? But um, yeah, the, the name, the list of names of guys that they let go of in their prime you know, we don't want to pay you. Bye. We'll win uh, without you. And it worked. I think of that. They were they had that defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman. He was a D tackle, but he was built more like an end and kind of played all over the line. Of course, they were in that three four, so those are all kind of somewhat interchangeable. But it doesn't matter. They let him go to Oakland 
at the time where he was the best in the game. And then they won the world's the Super Bowl like the very next year. I find it interesting to your point, and we should probably talk about news here pretty quickly, but that in the international football, aka soccer world, the idea of selling a player and speaking of it as such is the norm. Yeah. Like the concept first and foremost that you could, you know, sell a player to another club for a hundred million dollars. The numbers are so staggering. Mm-hmm. Versus, like all of our sports here, there's trades. Sometimes trades include money back and forth. More in baseball, I don't remember really ever a football uh, transaction where money exchanges hands. It might be like salary cap adjustments that change hands. Yeah, you hear like they sold. Usually, it's not a very good player. It's like, well, we're going to take a flyer on this guy for cash considerations. They're like in football. No, no, just more like baseball. I think right. Mostly, mostly baseball. You'll see like so and so traded considerations. Right. Yeah. In football, I think it's like. The, they'll, they do this sign-in trade where they restructure a deal to free mm-hmm. up cap space because but the other teams are not receiving financial no, compensation. They're not getting cash, rarely, yeah. right? But you never hear about, like, we just sold the player to them. Straight, like, we're getting money for this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, And I kind of wonder, like, wh- wh- why is that the case? I don't know. It's My head question. goes straight to, like, the idea that it sounds way too slavey. Well, you know, NBA owners are now called managers or no, no, no. Sorry. Governors. Mark Cuban's the governor of the Dallas Mavericks. He's not the owner. Mark, do you own the team? Well, yes, I do. Well, you're the effing owner then. Okay. Sorry. Right. Not the governor. You're not elected. So see, like whether that's the origin of why they don't do that in our sports or if it's just sort of, you know, the the rationale that pops to mind given the state of our culture, it, it seems. It's a culture thing. It's interesting governor give me a break uh let's start here jim jordan i think he's the people's choice congressman uh, from yeah, ohio you'd have to be what why are these rhinos cock blocking this guy yes oh because he's the people's choice <laughs> right and they're rhinos yeah next question like He's lo- so he's lost three bids uh, already. Oh, I'm pretty sure they've actually pulled him, right? Like they've already said, okay, fine, we're we're going a different direction. It is just remember it took McCarthy 14 rounds of voting. It's just mind blowing. Like everybody wants him. If they don't put forward Byron Donalds, I will. I don't know. Be annoyed. Let's just say that. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. You know what I'm talking about. They're trying to put another 70. I mean, their goal is you need to look like this. You need to be 65-year-old white male rhino cuck. If you fit that bill, we'll try to get you in. But it, you know what? Say what you want about Matt Gates. Thank God that dude is, has been a rebel rouser here. Tried to buck the trend. Go against the grain. Yeah, I kind of like when there's no way for voting on spending more money I like I like it when the Congress can't vote to spend more money. This is good, you know. The left and even Republicans are buying. You know, the right. The uh, have we talked about? Okay, Stephen Crowder, louder with Crowder, right? Mm-hmm. He have we talked about him being offered a buyout by da- the Daily Wire? Mm-mm. I think it was this year. It might have been the very end of last year, but I'm pretty sure in 2023, way months ago now. 
this news came out and it was a firestorm for a week in the conservative slash libertarian slash free thinking, you know, internet news realm. Right. Because Crowder went on his show and actually released an audio ultimately released an, well, first he went on and he, he did an episode where he talked about big con, big con, meaning big conservative, right? Mm -hmm. Like big tobacco or big oil or big pharma, right? Big con, Fox News would absolutely be part of big con, right? They have no conservative principles at that news organization whatsoever. They're about making money. And they really always have been, even when they were founded on some level. But it's definitely the case now, right? Um, also, it's a big con job, right? So I'm actually, I think if you look at the way Ben Shapiro is behaving right now, for the basically the first time in his career, refusing to, like, refusing the idea that a debate is always appropriate, about what's happening in Israel mm -hmm. slash Gaza, right? His take is, if you have an opinion other than that that the Palestine, well, that Hamas, I guess, should be eradicated from the face of the earth, that makes you an anti-Semite. And it's like, dude, I can stand with Israel and not feel that as bad as Hamas might be. Like, I, I don't really, I'm not down with the eradication of any group of people, frankly. I, I, and... There's a lot of nuance to it. One, How do you suss that out biblically, though? I mean, like, the Bible is full of violence towards the Israelites' enemies. I'm not saying that they can't have a fight, dude. That's not what I'm saying either, right? Like, I'm not saying Israel shouldn't be defending itself. I'm not really taking a personal position on one way or another, but I'm just saying we talked about this, and I was very inaccurate. It was the British who created the nation of Israel. Uh, coming in, you know, out, out of the 40s and out of World War II after their occupation of that whole realm uh, leading up to World War II. We certainly supported it, and we've been their protector since, right? But I, I did want to correct that from a few episodes ago. It's the British and the French. Hmm. Um, Worked out well for us because we needed there's ally anyway. You know, if you at least go back to that and you point out Israel wouldn't exist if we hadn't, we, the West, had not created it and taken land from the Palestinians to do so. Now, I'm of the opinion from a biblical standpoint that that is the holy promised land of the Jews. So it's right that there be an Israel, right? But at the same time, the Pal Palestinians' gripe is not illegitimate. It's very legitimate, right. right? But if you say that to Ben Shapiro, he'll say you're just an anti-Semite who hates Jews. It's very left of him to do that. That's what I'm saying, dude. And, th and, th and that's just the most recent example. I stopped listening to Shapiro a long time ago when I started to realize that I was just being propagandized from his point of view. And that was before what I'm talking about now with Crowder. So Crowder comes out and he points out he got offered to be bought out by one of the major right-leaning news outlets, wouldn't name him initially, and explained that he was offered a contract where he was told you're going to be given this amount of money however for example if you get a strike on youtube that gets yourself demonetized or deplatformed we're taking money back from you and he was like what the f those are the bad guys right how yeah. dare you tell me that i have to in any way muzzle myself to appease silicon valley well it didn't Good take for him yeah didn't take long for people to figure out and for the news to break and for him to ultimately confirm that it was Daily Wire, which is Shapiro's big network, that had made this offer. 
Hmm. Wouldn't Ben Shapiro himself. It was a guy named Jeremy Boring. Jeremy Boring is the finance razors dude. He sells a yeah. lot of razors. All that stuff. He's the financier of the Daily Wire, right? He and well, he and Shapiro are, are partners in it. They started it together. Um, boring, and he had had a conversation about these things, which Crowder recorded and also posted online, where you can hear Jeremy Boring arguing for why all of this is necessary. And his take is basically like, hey, we're trying to run a business here, and if we're going to give you, it turned out, $50 million, so we're not talking about chump change, right? Hmm. Then you have to understand that by getting yourself deplatformed and demonetized, that's hurting the bottom line, right? We're not saying you can't have freedom of speech. And he also tried to claim, plus, this was just a negotiation, Stephen. You could have written, you know, marked it up and sent it back, but instead you, you know, took our negotiations public and embarrassed us. Even that is one of those things where I see some points on all sides of this, right? Um, but frankly, I, I signed with Crowder and I'm impressed with the man for having the balls and the conviction to stand his ground. Now, incidentally, you know, you might look and say, man, he passed up $50 million. Well, he's probably <laughs> making millions of dollars anyway. So so Tim Pool broke it down, and Tim Pool was like, with the number of listeners he's he's got, plus he's got his whole mug club thing, which is a subscription service to his premium content. He's like, they're probably making thirty or forty million a year at that outfit. The numbers are like huge, right? Yeah. Now they have overhead and everything, and that so they make just it, a little bit more than the Justified Pursuit host. One of these days, <laughs> one of these days. Let's just keep let's just keep our nose to the grindstone. <laughs> anyway. How did I get off on that? So big con, we were talking about why Jordan. But he didn't probably get... doesn't kick his buddy in the nuts over sports for the first twenty minutes of the show either. Probably gets right to the meat of the conversation. No, the cool thing about Crowder's show is that it's it's fifty percent jacking around. I've never they, listened. They, Maybe I should. They, should I listen? I think you'd like it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the whole dude. His his thing is a he's he does a comedy news. His whole platform is comedy news. He is a stand up comedian and. They do like they'll do pre uh, pr produced bits where they they get dressed up and they like splice that into their video right and like jingles and stuff and it's and it's like him and like two or three other comics a lot of the time you'll be they're you'll just be constantly jacking if I off told you what I listen to mostly right now this time of year I mean I'm almost embarrassed to admit it I don't know if I should admit it this time of year I don't yeah. know what. I mean, are you already at listening the gym? To Christmas I actually listen. So I don't really listen to many podcasts unless you, you send me the link or my sister or someone's like, here, listen to this. Like, okay. But well, no, you generally do. Uh, this time of year, <laughs> I listen to uh, fantasy football podcasts. <laughs> oh, I used to have some podcasts that were, dude. Mindless garbage. I know it. It's like A couple of years ago, I was listening to pleasure. Cowboys podcasts when they were, you know, I think fantasy was... football how lame is that I, but i'm probably gonna listen to one when i go to the gym today well if we're gonna have podcast confessional i years ago now when i first found podcasts was listening regularly to a podcast with like uh like high fantasy nerds talking about a game of the about about the song of ice and fire series oh i remember you telling me that yeah yeah all right confession's over <laughs> yeah Fantasy yeah. football focus is my favorite one, by the way. I, there's like three different ones that I'll check out. But. <laughs> <Okay>. Noted. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Why would I? Why did I get on the rant about the whole concept of big conservative, right? It, it, oh, con the whole con system. Was... Like these people are all frauds, man. Yeah. Like oh, Jim Jordan, right? How uh, do we get where we are? Okay, go back to Jim. Yeah, Jordan. they're the the news is propagandizing us. That dude. I mean, it... oh, I saw CNN. They were run... CNN was running this clip. It was a reporter, female reporter, on the ground with her microphone. And she was claiming that she's taking shelter because of rocket attacks. She was in uh, Israel or I don't know. It didn't matter because in the background, there were just citizens riding their bikes by her, just like going to their job or whatever it was they were doing. <laughs> like, clearly, yeah. no rockets. No one was running for cover except for her because it was propaganda. And as we are on the precipice of World War III, I think we have to discuss how the goalposts are changing or moving, always moving because nothing is real. We have now we now have the technology to create whatever propaganda we want to. Yeah, nineteen eighty four. What's I'm glad you're going there because one of our episodes the other day, I left it realizing. I think we talked about the whole chopping babies' heads off. Maybe, uh, something mm. we we're talking about. Uh, maybe you made the point, dude. There's a video of it. I... Oh, it was the oh the grandmother getting murdered. Which I haven't yeah, I seen so. the video, but everyone was talking about it. And Shapiro probably was using it as propaganda. I guarantee it. Yeah. I don't give a damn if there's a video of it anymore. I'm not going to say for sure it's not happening. But, quote, well, there's a video doesn't prove a damn thing to your point. It's, I mean, dude, like, there's no reason to trust. Between the fact that the news will, as we have already talked about and has been proven rerun footage of 10 and 15 year old conflicts to pretend it's like it's what's happening right now between that and the fact that with weird ass ai they can damn near generate anything and make it look real mm -hmm. no yeah um, we live in a post-truth age man on everything from the idea that there are an infinite number of genders to the idea that you know the bible is not the oldest collection of truth you know and the most profound that there is to you know knowing what the news is telling you whether it's actually factually true or not we live in a po post-truth age you know who would be really rich Very if they could figure out this technology is for someone to create a program that will tell you if that's ai or not be like this video is not real i'd pay us why would you trust that any more than your own eyeballs i don't you you probably you will you'd have to say okay well who owns that oh yeah I guess the, it That's doesn't right. matter follow the money <laughs> yeah. yeah no we're in a real pickle man <laughs> but I, how do we get out of it I don't because technology is only moving one direction we're not going to slam it in reverse and be like we shouldn't do that it's already the cat's out of the bag genie is out of the bottle you ain't putting it back in so this is the oh, dude, this is I the mean, world we live in I what's real have I told you about the I'm going to basically like emotional, like um, panic attack breakdown that I had um, the night of January 6th of 2021. Mm, I don't recall. Have we talked about this? No, let me share so. something very, very, uh, I'm going to be vulnerable here. I'm going to be vulnerable. Ooh, I don't know. This show is pretty full of toxic masculinity. <laughs> I don't know if this is a good thing. <laughs> the, the night of Jan 6th toxic I was you know crazy. we had been obviously talking all election season about what was happening we heard trump making his claims for months about election fraud we read and dissected the supreme court case 
uh, or the Supreme Court brief that the state of Texas had filed on all of the different things that related to election fraud. And, you know, I had a parlor account and we were thick in the battle. Right. And then as I watched January 6th, the same day, I believe, if I recall correctly, they took parlor off the Internet. Yeah, they did. right. And I watched what the news was doing. I literally, man, I freaked out. Like, I mean, freaked out. Like, had an existential moment where I said, from this point forth, in a lot of ways, just like happened on 9-11, but neither of us at the time and probably nobody listening realized. We all knew the world is going to be different going forward, but we didn't know how. We just knew, like, oh, shit. This yeah, is I a big deal. You knew, like, what, what made it real for me was, like, the next time I flew. It was changed forever. Oh, right. All, there was, you, like I said, you you knew stuff was going to be different, but all the ways in which it was were not. Like, for example, none of us knew on 9-11 that 22 years later, our government would be surveilling us uh, as potential terrorists. Mm-hmm. And now they are, and we all know it, right? And that the FBI would be labeling American citizens as domestic extremists the way that they used to label you know, foreign terrorists as like enemy. It's only we're only we're sort of Speaking of terrorists. I wonder how many came through the border today. Anyway, probably quite a few. <laughs> Roll your eyes. <laughs> Knowing what I know now, being where I am today, having had my eyes opened clockwork orange style, like pride open, glued open over the last few years to the reality of the sinister nature of our government. And, you know, what both sides in this, you know, uniparty, you know, demon spawn are up to that day. I realized, crap, they're going to come after us. They don't care about the Constitution anymore. They don't care about our rights to, you know, to watch what they did the summer of 2020 and then to watch what they were doing to these protesters on the Capitol. And to watch what they were doing with something like Parler, where private corporations were shutting down the fastest growing, quote unquote, oh, dude, free well, just, platform. You know, and in that vein, like the government colluded with big tech to steal an election. I know. And we, and we all know it case. and nobody cares. So, so here's some good news the Supreme Court is taking that case up from Missouri right now. Did you know that? Mm-mm. Yeah. Officially, like as of either last week or even maybe yesterday. I think. It was last week. No, because what I was listening to was recorded on Sunday. So yeah, definitely last week. Not only did they 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 said we are going to suppress factual information, and you are going to, because we're telling you to, you're going to spread misinformation and label the people that are telling the truth threats to society. Yeah, the Supreme Court's about to. Bless you. The Supreme Court's about to take it up. The cases the 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 state of Missouri and Louisiana brought. Um, which have been ruled on in favor of the fact that, yep, this, the, the, the government weaponized these private companies to silence Americans, and that's a, a constitutional violation. Like, that's going up to the Supreme Court. Prediction. So, Prediction. Are you nothing asking will happen? One? No, I'm just telling you, nothing will happen, because nothing ever happens in this uh, never-ending hamster wheel that is a freaking joke of a government. It's always the same. We know you did it. Point our fingers. You did it. We're going to prove you did it. We proved you did it. No consequences. There's never a fall guy. You're saying and you've well, said you it gotta have faith. Biden, Biden is going to be the fall guy. Faith. We'll see. Um, baby. 
and it's only based you know what he might be the fall guy but it's only because of his deteriorating mental health and his age yeah they have they've got a great way to dude i've told you before at some point we'll get a reckoning on that it'll all be pinned on him so that all the ones who who survive it the biden family will go down and be and they'll pretend like there weren't like like all of dc wasn't as we dude as we speak all of dc is getting kickbacks off of the ukraine war so the Biden well, family they're, they're to, to be the fall over, guy, the Biden family alone will get to be the fall guy to be the shiny object that we all look at to ignore the fact that they're doing the same thing, all of them there on many different fronts. Getting back to my point, I literally, dude, I'm not even kidding. I hit the gr- the floor of my bathroom on the night of Jan 6th and I was like, I was literally shaking, man. And I was like, oh my God, they are going to war against people like us dissident voices who want to stand up for the first amendment whether right or wrong or indifferent right what they had done with the vaccines what they had done with the virus what they had done with the summer of floyd and all of that and now they're you know i was i freaked out man i hit the floor and i I do think i've shared this i prayed god i don't know what's real i don't know what's happening i don't know what's real i don't know what's true please god help me and I heard clearly, me and your family. That's all. That's all that's real. And it's all that's true. And it calmed me almost instantly. And I got up and I went to put my now nine-year-old to bed, my third daughter, Sarah, who is gifted by God. She hears his voice, man. And I mean that sincerely. Mm-hmm. She is a certifiable genius the most empathetic wise soul dude like her wisdom at nine years old is so profound i can't even explain it right but she does talk to god and i'm the one who always puts her to bed and i always have and 99 times out of 100 i half-ass mail it in i'm guilty of that sometimes yep if we read it all i read you know a few pages and then you know but what i always do with her is i always pray I always pray. Sometimes that's all I do is go in there and pray. Is it a, here's, I have a question on that front because I think about this sometimes, like teaching my kids how to pray and to talk to God. Is it a total just give up if you just say the Lord's prayer? No. Because I would say 80% of the time, I think that's a fair number, 80% of the time, Henry's eyes are, I mean, he's asleep. He's taking his melatonin. I mean, he's not asleep, but he's trending that way. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's say our prayer. And I'd say, let's say once a week, let's say I put him to bed. I I put Henry to bed and Aaron puts the girls to bed, but you know, sometimes I'm gone or whatever. So, but if I'm home, I put Henry to bed, she puts the girls to bed. And I would say 20% of the time I say, let's talk to God and like, tell him what we are really thankful for, you know, have a relationship. But the other times it's, I, I, I feel like you're still saying your prayer and you are, but is it mailing it in? Sometimes I feel like, is it a cop-out for him? I don't feel like it's a cop-out for me. I'm 42 years old. I feel like I'm invested in that prayer, but is it just going through the motions? Well, do you know where the Lord's prayer came, came from? From the Lord? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Correct. So, no. Um, I do think that if it's so rote that the child or yourself don't know what you're praying as you say it, that you need to slow your butt down and and 
not just recite the words verbatim from memory, but say them and know what you're saying. I yeah, I agree. Yeah, because if you really break it down, it's all in there, dude. It is a perfect prayer. Mm-hmm. Everything that you would be advised that you should, it, it's it's just all in there, right? You're exalting God. You're asking for forgiveness. You're asking that His will be done. You're asking. I mean, everything that you need is is right there, right? Um. Praise for Sorry, others. Go back to praise Sarah. for grace for others. Um, well, well I mean, so hold on. About I, me. I, I, let me also throw you. in. We do that a lot, especially with Emily at seven. Half the time we get her to pray something, and the other half the time she's like, "I want to say Lord's prayer." Okay, cool. You know, and and that that's been Ashley's default for a long time because she struggled to pray out loud, uh, but she's getting better at that. But anyway, also I want to point out. So I pray every morning, and I have for a, quite a while now, a couple of years, I think. I mean, every single morning without fail. I missed it, I guess, technically, the morning at the Grand Canyon, although technically I would, never really went to bed, and I never really woke up, and I did catch to it at about 10 o'clock in the morning. But anyway. How can you not be, though, like with the Creator in that sense? I totally was. I prayed the whole way out of that damn thing. So, yeah, I was, I, I was in a spiritual place for sure. But my point is, so... As I'm like that will place that last 30 minutes before you actually get up where you're half asleep, right? I, that's when I, I say the Lord's prayer before I get out of bed. And then when I get out of bed, I get on my knees and I say the prayer that comes to my heart, right? Mm. So I say it every single day as a matter of, I mean, every single day in my head as I'm lying in bed trying to get up. Or if I'm in the middle, if at two o'clock in the morning I wake up and I'm not ready to get out of bed yet. I'll say the Lord's prayer. And a lot of times I fall right back asleep. But anyway, yeah, that night was Sarah. After hearing God say, all that matters, all that's true, all that's real is me and your family. I spent 30 minutes, 45 minutes talking to her that night, talking to her, reading with her. We got into scripture. Oh yeah. I was sitting here trying to think what was profound that came forth. And I I found something I was reading to her. She said, I want to read. I asked her, what do you, what what let's read some scripture. What do you want to read? And she said, I want to read about the birth of Jesus. This is right after Christmas, right? I was like, perfect. And I think I flipped into Matthew, which sort of jumps right into it, right? And after the birth, the heck, I'd have to go back and find it, man. But there was a passage that spoke right to the heart of what I was freaking out about. And I just left that whole thing like, okay. I hear you, God. Like, I'm I'm okay. Whatever the hell happens here, it's it's your will. If I end up in prison for saying the things on the internet that I say on the internet, I guess, I guess I'll be a martyr. You'll be in good company with Paul. Yeah, exactly. Certainly isn't my preference, Lord, but you know, not my will, yours. Right? <laughs> we'll be cellmates for sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish it was a joke, dude. Oh wait, we shouldn't laugh at that. That's that's terrifying. <laughs> but true. Um man, there's so much other stuff to get into, but I gotta go to physical therapy in 15 minutes. Do you want to I don't know. Do you want to do two episodes this week? Can you do two episodes this week? I think so. I've already sent you all my schedule. Yeah. Because we should just release this one anyway, because the Rangers are the best and the Astros suck, and it's pretty Time sensitive. Ah. <laughs> that works. Beat the champs. You got to take out the champs. Because I have, here's what I have, dude. I have uh, Lindsey Graham audio. I have 
uh, it says in the notes, Adolis just homered again. I don't know why that's there. Uh, it says we got KJP audio on. <laughs> Dude, a reporter asked KJP about all of the anti-Semitism going on in the country right now. And I'll play this audio in the next episode. But this is great. You know what she did? She turned it into, well, Muslims have been feeling that way. Just totally deflected. Didn't even care about the Jews. Didn't even address it. Uh, AOC audio, Bill Maher. Uh, interesting take on the Ivy League schools. If you haven't looked at that up, what he had to say. And he's Ivy League educated, by the way. I, I saw that he said something. I haven't watched the video yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, let's see, oh, some funny Biden audio. I do want to talk about, uh, I do want to talk about women in the draft because it, it seems as we are trending towards World War Three. that the government is, I don't, they haven't done anything officially, but they're keying up the possibility of a draft. I don't know if you've paid any attention to that. I've, I've heard them talk about it too. Yeah. And what is your take on women? Because women are in the military. Um, should they be drafted? We do have time. We could discuss this real quick and then wrap it up. Equality, you? Yeah. <laughs> so Democrat women should be drafted. <laughs> Let's start with them. Draft the feminists. For sure. And leave, have a penis draft anyway, the feminists. So. Exactly. Draft the feminists and leave my daughters who uh, will one day hopefully be trad wives alone. Do you know about the trad wife thing? Uh, I, I mean, it doesn't. It, sure, it's traditional wives make me a sandwich yeah. type deal. Yeah, <laughs> they defer to their husbands. Just, just right for sure. So, okay, right, if we need to wrap, I we figure got, I, I got remember, ten minutes. I got ten minutes. All right. Well, do you want to talk some more about that, or you want me to throw some scripture at you? Trad wives and how you're misogynist <clears throat> or what? No, it's the scripture that hit me the night I prayed with Sarah. Because I think we did. We were pretty open about and your wife was the perfect example of this is how this is what the bible says yeah i would say my wife is a modern trad wife mm-hmm. right she's not sitting at home barefoot and pregnant she's she's out she in our did that four times already she's good she's doing some exactly she's doing some some business stuff we've got mm-hmm. our you know property projects she shoots what you know shoots photography for for money She's also the mother to our four children and the primary, you know, take caretaker of our home and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, she knows that her role as the mother is different than my role as the father, and that when the rubber meets the road, like we talked about last week, she'll defer to me. And she expects me to lead. And I I want to meet her expectations, right? So it's but let me throw my experience, my situation. Aaron makes still makes more money than me. I think it, th- that gap is closed as my business has done, you know, grown over 15 years. Um, but she at the end of the day is still going to defer to me. What dad says will be the It doesn't have anything to do with income at I, all. I know, but I'm just yeah. saying like she does not she she works full time. She's she's got work right now. Uh makes more money than me, but it that has the fact that she's always made more money than me has never in our relationship meant that she's the authority figure. Like she isn't a trad wife, but philosophically defers to me on, you know, those matters that yeah, my kids are not a, doing this. She's a real woman who married a real man, regardless of job status and who makes more money. But right? I don't but, think that's the way it is in a lot of families, certainly non-Christians. 
unfortunately it's the way that it's not unfortunately there's lots of professing Christians who are living inverted uh families. Do you think there's a lot of non believers who would say they're would say they're still a trad wife? Like does it does that have to do does it really have a lot to do with religion? Or are there non believers who where the woman just defers because that's her place? I don't know. I'm sure there are non believing households where just because of the difference between men, that's how God made men and women. Uh-huh. And so even those who don't necessarily believe that aren't immune to that reality and then not fall into that dichotomy because of how we are right uh-huh. where you, but, but they're really susceptible to problems because they are not keeping God and his word at the center of how they, I mean, if a man is trying to lead without God, dude, he's not going to lead in the right direction, right? Mm. See, and, and in fact, we're not the leader. God's the leader. We're his vessel. Do it. Oh, we're like his. We're his vessel. We're we're supposed right. like we yeah. should be. We are. The, should be flowing out of us. We are the of priesthood us. of our family. Our job is, you know ordained or otherwise that in fact this is biblical we're the we're the priests of our family we are the communicator to the family the spiritual head the spiritual leaders pointing our family to god first and foremost right so if you have a family that where that's not happening bad things are going to ultimately happen even if like financial decisions and where they live and all that sort of you know just the day-to-day routine of everything is not is 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 aligned where the man is leading it if he's not leading the family closer to god then he's not doing his job and there's going to be literally hell to pay right mm-hmm. um the problem is not the women taking it the problem is how many men have laid it down that's a good point yeah you have a verse you want to read i do We've talked about it many times. This is what hit me. So, so like I mentioned, she said she wanted to read about baby Jesus, right? Normally, I would have read like the first couple of chapters of Matthew, which are super short and bounced. But because of what I heard and felt and the need to just spend some time with her and in the word, I kept reading, right? So I read all the way to chapter five, starting at verse 43 of chapter five. You have heard the law that says, love your en- love your neighbor. And hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And that way you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even the corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So in the midst of a moment where it was clear (laughs) that we had enemies in this country, and God said, me and your family, start there, I came to that. And then the next Sunday, I know I shared all this, the next Sunday, the sermon at church went straight at that. So. so it does make me feel a little guilty for saying I really hate the Astros. So let see me how it, it comes to, full circle. Let me throw it back to it. It does, but then I could go right back to the Bible and say, guess what? David threw a rock at Goliath's head and he killed him and cut his head off. 
So there. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes God might call you to fight your enemies, but you're still supposed to love them. Sometimes he might say, you know what? Throw a 99-mile-an-hour fastball in his ribs. Yeah, maybe so. Did you hear the commentators say that that was an accident? Dude, that guy has thrown 1,300 fastballs to right-handed hitters in his career, and he's hit two of them. And the first pitch, the guy who just peacocked his way to first base after hitting a massive home run gets one square in the ribcage? Yeah. John Is Smoltz, that you're better, okay? than, you're better than that, John Smoltz. You know, no, they were just saying that he did it on accident. I was like, yeah, right. The guy's throwing 99-mile-an-hour heaters down the middle all day long and just happens to let one go that, woo, got away from him, hit him in the ribs. Also, what a joke. He was suspended two games, and they said, we'll let you. Thank God they lost, but they were gonna they were going to let him serve it next season. Does that make any sense? They shouldn't be suspending people for that. It's baseball, man. Taking wearing no, one. No, no, you... you have to, dude. You have ah. to control the game. Think about it. If you let that happen and you don't suspend people, okay, there's going to be a never-ending string of brawls and people getting hit in the ribcage. Should it not be part of the game? It should. Yes, but you should still. Okay. Of course, you should be able to throw at people. I but agree. You should have I... to do the time. If you do the crime, you're you right. Do you the should time. have. If you do the crime knowingly, then you have to do the time. You got time it's for one more quickie. It's going to be fun next year because I guarantee you, first game of Rangers-Astros, there's going to be an Astro getting smoked up above his shoulders. It's not going to be pretty. There's going to be a brawl. Fans like it, right? Yeah. It's good for I think the players like it, too. For, yeah, on, on this, do you, you got time for one more quickie? Yeah. That's a, um, that's a Jordan Peterson thing, right? Uh, he, he spoke before about how he taught his kids you don't have to comply with stupid rules because woke Marxist crap was already appearing in Canada's schools 20 years ago when his kids were kids. I mean, when his, you know, adult children were little. Right. <clears throat> um, he's like, you don't have to comply with stupid rules that don't make sense. And this was in the context of like having to wear masks and stupidity of the last three years. He goes, but you got to live with whatever consequences come with it from whoever the authority trying to enforce the rule is. Right. And so he told me, you know, I, I don't remember what, but one of I think his son got detention one time for something like that. So I'm talking to a, a friend of mine since seventh grade yesterday. Um, and we don't catch up that often, but he had reached out and we have some similar things going on in life at the moment. And so we were talking about those similar things, which you certainly know about. And maybe a couple of our listeners do. And, uh, <laughs> And the conversation was about facing the consequences, right? Being taking a stand and facing the consequences. And he goes, man, it's like back in high school on our senior skip day. I haven't thought about this in at least 15 years, if not 20, but my senior skip day. So I'm class of 99, right? Mm -hmm. We were still doing that in 2000, by the way, us young kids. Of course. (laughs) There was a there was a tradition that senior skip day was always like, I think the Friday before the end of school, right? And they had done something. The school had done something to thwart us uh, somehow, and so we moved it. I don't remember. They set something that Friday up that we didn't want to miss. Maybe that was actually like the sort of the the like the awards day where they. Did all the ceremonies for the award. I don't remember what they did, but for the first time, senior skip day, they had done something that it would we didn't want to have to miss. So we our senior class was like, well, let's just move it up a day. We'll skip on a Thursday. And everybody go to the beach. I grew up in Corpus, right? Right. Dude, my wife was a freshman. And we talked about this last night. She was like, 
yeah, there was nobody there. Nobody was at school. Like literally over half the school, maybe two thirds of the school skipped school. She was like, she was a freshman and they had like standardized testing. She's like a bunch of my classmates skipped out on standardized testing. Well, so what we didn't know is that school districts in Texas get paid based on attendance. Did you know that funding uh, is tied to attendance? I only know that because I am a father with kids in the school system. But before that, just like you or any other like yeah. person, like, no, well, of course not. Yeah. So, so when two thirds of the school doesn't show up on one day, the school loses like tens of thousands of dollars. It's not a, it's not a minor thing. Right? <laughs> so they can make it up by making everybody go to Saturday school. So the school said, all of you who were out, we know y'all were at the beach. We know y'all, you know, move senior skip day. You've got Saturday school and a whole bunch. I mean, many, many, many of our friends' parents were willing to lie and submit letters saying that my kid was out with my permission for this, that, and the other, whatever. They weren't at the beach. They were sick, whatever it was. And me and Doug, I'll call him out, mm-hmm. were like, piss on it. We'll see you at Saturday school. I was like, I'm not going to lie about what we did. We skipped school. We had a blast. It was the biggest beach party any of us has ever been to. Fine. Saturday school it is. And he was like, and I've respected you ever since because you were like, screw that. I'm not lying about it. I'm just going to own what we did and we're going to face the consequences. And I was like, dude, I haven't thought about that forever. And Stan- I'm going to say you just told a lie in your whole spiel about not lying about what you did because you've been to a bigger beach party than that. I saw you in Padre Island. What? Okay. I saw you at Panama City, Florida. Two, I never went to Panama City, actually. <laughs> oh, well, it was Padre then. Two things. If I forgot about South Padre, I didn't mean to lie. You have to be intending just, to lie. Second of I mean, all, we had in 1999. In the sand at the beach. In 1999, I wasn't in college yet, and I hadn't been to a college spring break in South Padre yet. Right. So, touche. But I respect you, too, for saying for owning that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny well, how I would have had to own it, because my parents would be like, we're not lying for you. Like, Yeah. That's just how I was raised. They're, I wasn't even Christians. Yeah. They're like, we're not lying. You take, deal with the consequences, son. But let me confess that I did skip school one other time. I think that fall. So the fall semester of my senior year. And I had a girl in one of my classes write a letter for, for my mom. My, my parents left town. And I created this huge elaborate ruse where I left for school and drove and drove to Mathis with a friend until they had jumped on the airplane to fly to wherever they were going together and then went home and we had a party that night and all that stuff. And so I had this girl write a letter for me from my mom saying I had been sick and I never, I never turned it in. I I, I never did anything about it, but I left it in my jeans and she found it. (laughs) Your mom did. Yeah. So (laughs) maybe that's at least part of the reason that nice little lesson was part of the reason I didn't go by. Hey, can you, Mm. I don't think I was thinking about it, but. Certainly wasn't perfectly virtuous at that time. I didn't ever submit it though. Yeah. But yeah. I did lie about going to school that morning. <laughs> and I had totally gotten away with it, man. I had totally gotten away with it. You can't leave yeah. evidence laying around. Yeah. Bad move. All right. That's going to do it for episode 145 of Justified Pursuit. We'll do another one this week. Thanks for tuning in for Chisholm Cook. I'm Gable Smith. Go Rangers, go. World Series and, champs? We're going to find out. I, I mean, you stole my line. I was going to close it with go Rangers. I got my pom-poms, baby. All right. The so other cool thing is it won't hurt my nice feelings. You. That's, you're, better, you're a better person than me. Die, I'm yeah. over here. Die Astros, die. You're like, go Rangers. 
I'll be perfectly happy for you guys and for them and as a halfway Texas Rangers fans if they lose. But again, you know what the beautiful thing is? I won't give a damn if they lose. Peace. Cut off Goliath's head. <laughs> if you don't love it, leave it. Let this song I'm singing be a warning. You running down my country, man. You walking on the fighting side me.